Welcome to the Understand the Bible podcast. Today we are taking a little break from the Seven Signs in John series and we're thinking about repentance. I noticed that this is something which has been missing from the way that we've responded to the coronavirus over the last 12 months. And I thought it'd be worth taking a look at what the Bible has to say about repentance, especially repentance as a nation. The passage is Joel chapter 2 verses 12 to 17 and it starts with the passage being read out. And just a little reminder once again, just to make sure that you're subscribed to the podcast and do check out the website for lots more content available. Thanks very much, everyone. I hope that you enjoy and God bless until next time. The reading today is from the prophet Joel and it's starting at um, Joel chapter 2, verse 12, um, going from verses 12 to 17. And that's on page 913 of the Church Bibles. That's Joel chapter 2, verses 12 to 17, and that's on page 913 of the Church Bibles. Even now, declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting and weeping and mourning. Rend your heart and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love, and he relents from sending calamity. Who knows, he may turn and relent and leave behind a blessing, grain offerings and drink offerings for the Lord your God. Blow the trumpet in Zion, declare a holy fast, call a sacred assembly, gather the people, consecrate the assembly, Bring together the elders, gather the children, those nursing at the breast. Let the bridegroom leave his room, and the bride her chamber. Let the priests who minister before the Lord weep between the portico and the altar. Let them say, Spare your people, Lord. Do not make your inheritance an object of scorn, a byword among the nations. Why should they say among the peoples, Where is their God? This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, there's one word, I think, which has been conspicuously absent from um, the COVID response um, over the last year. And you won't hear this word from the government, from, um, from church, by and large from national church leaders. Uh, that word is repentance. And it's... I find it notable that that word has not been mentioned anywhere. Um, so, for example, you may have seen that the archbishops, um, uh, Justin and um, Stephen, who was our bishop, Bishop Stephen, um, they've called the nation to pray. So at six o'clock every day, they've been calling people to pray. And they wrote a letter um, last week to, to call people to pray. And I think, oh, great, you know, calling people to pray, that's really good. Um, it's never a bad thing to call people to pray. But there wasn't a similar call to, to repentance. And I wonder, and we'll think about this a little as we go through, um, it just jumped out at me that that hasn't been something that um, at any point people have really mentioned. Uh, but the thing is, repentance is, is fundamental. 
And we know, don't we, that as we've just been through in the, in the service, that repentance is fundamental to us as individuals, um, but also, I believe, to nations as well. And it's something which is appropriate for, for nations as well as for, for us as individuals. So Joel chapter 2, verse 12, as um, the Lord says, Even now, declares the Lord, even now return to me. So he says, even when things look as bad as they could possibly be, and uh, we did, well, Joel, in, in Wednesday Worshippers um, a couple of years ago, this was when they um, had a situation perhaps with an enemy army. It talks about locusts, but maybe that was talking about being invaded by an enemy army and uh, stripping the land of everything um, valuable. And they've been through a very dark time. And, and Joel says, now, even now, declares the Lord, return to me. So even when things look dark, you can still return to the Lord. It's never too late. It's never too late for that. Return to me with all your heart and with fasting and weeping and mourning. So it's genuine and heartfelt repentance. And that is when we are, we're sad for, uh, for the sin that we've done for the ways in which we've grieved God and we've turned away from his ways and we turn back to him and turn instead uh, to his to his ways and uh, as it says verse 13 rend your heart and not your garments um, famous words these but it says don't make an appearance of doing it just for show you know don't don't you know um, say, oh, I'm so sorry, and tear all of your garments up. That was what they used to do in those days, and put on sackcloth and ashes and so on, make a big show of it. God says, no, I don't want the show. I want you. I want your hearts, which is the far more important thing than the, than the, the appearance. Um, and then he says, uh, return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and compassionate. So Joel reminds the people of who God is. He's gracious and compassionate and he, he's slow to anger. He abounds in love. He relents from sending calamity. That God is kind. That when we turn back to him, even though we don't deserve it, that God is still kind and compassionate because that's who God is. And even as it says, verse 14, who knows? He may turn and relent and leave behind a blessing. So it says, who knows, it's not, not presuming, not saying, well, I know God will definitely do this. But, um, but we trust in God's mercy and compassion. You know, God may leave a blessing. He may turn even these bad things that have happened into a, into a blessing, into something, to something good. And so it says, um, blow the trumpet in Zion, declare a fast, call an assembly, you know, bring people together even from, from the youngest to the oldest, so even from those nursing at the breast, the very youngest, to the elders, to the oldest members of society, even those who are getting married, you know, the bridegroom and the bride, um, even those who are preparing to get married and who are um, you know, on the brink, who are there you know, getting ready for the service, even then come before the Lord and call upon him, that's how, that's how sort of urgent it is. And that's how, how important it is um, that it's even you know, for everyone to call upon the Lord. And it says, let the priests uh, weep between the portico and the altar. 
I'm not sure what the significance is of the, of the place, but let them, let them weep, let them you know, proclaim that kind of sadness over sin, as the, the priests in, in, in those days were the ones who you know, were before in the temple and who would proclaim, make sacrifices and proclaim God's forgiveness. And um, although we don't have priests in the same way today, it does make me wonder, actually, if this is something which um, we in, in the church need to be thinking a little bit more about. You know, that sort of the weeping over, over sin and the, and the turning to God. Um, I just, it's interesting, isn't it, over the last 12 months that I think when, when um, the government said, oh no, church services are closed, um, we all need to go online, then I think a lot of us, um, in the church just kind of said oh okay oh great we can do it online instead and it's all and I, what and I include myself in this what we didn't have was a sort of weeping over what we'd lost and over what we were going through you know but I think we, we embraced it perhaps a bit too easily I wonder and um, so anyway we'll think about that more in just a second um, and, um, and the priests, they were to, to intercede to God, say, spare your people. Um, why should they say among the peoples, where is their God? So they were to plead before God on behalf of the people and say, um, you know, plead God's name, that his reputation, he's saying, look, God, these are your people. And if these people are, are destroyed, then people will say, well, where's their God? And it will be, it will be back on you, if you like. You know, with God's reputation that is at stake. And so, um, and so they were to plead the name of the Lord. So what do we, uh, what do we conclude? What do we make of this passage? Um, well, I think we've seen a few things as we've been through uh, briefly. But um, I'd just like to suggest a couple of things to, to think about as we come to a close. Uh, the first thing is that repentance is as much for, for nations as it is for individuals. I think we often think about repentance in, a, in an individual sense. And I think it's, it's good for us to repent of our own sins. But I think there are sins that, that go on in, in society as well. But one of the things that struck me, and we recently passed that, uh, the milestone, didn't we, of 100,000 um, deaths um, due, due to COVID. Um, but it struck me that that's half the number of abortions that happen each year. You realise that? There are 200,000, over 200,000 abortions every year where, you know, they don't die of COVID, we kill them. And um, it, it's tragic. It's absolutely tragic. And I think, have we, have we overlooked some of the, the, the wicked things going on, even in our own society. And, you know, perhaps this is God's way of trying to, to say to us, look, I want you to care about life, about every life. Um, I want you to care about the unborn and about the, you know, even the most vulnerable in our society. Um, do we weep over these things? And do we... Do we weep over what, what's happened with, with the way that we meet? You know, this is, it's lovely to see everyone here. But I think we could all say this is not quite the way that we would want church to be, is it? Um, and and do, we, do we weep over what we've lost? And do we pray to God that he would bring us 
back to, to being what we should be as a church. I think it's very easy to, to embrace um, things and just get used to things being like this. And I think we mustn't get used to, to this. No, but we must be seeking the Lord to continually to bring us to, to what we should be uh, once again as, as a church and bring us closer together. So I think we should be um, praying for God's forgiveness and mercy for our nation, not just on a personal level. And now let's encourage others as well, you know, because it never is too late. Sometimes people say, oh, and I've done too many bad things. God could never forgive me. But it, it's never too late. And God says, even now, return to me because he is gracious and compassionate. So we can always plead God's mercy, even when it seems like um, we may have gone too far down the road. That, it's never the case. We've never gone too far. We can always return to God. And that's a good message to, to finish with and to remember as we, as we leave. I'm just going to finish with a prayer, with the prayer that we've been using for um, a few, um, few weeks from the, the prayer book. A prayer, as it says, in the time of any common plague or sickness. And I think this prayer puts it very well. And um, it's not in the, in the sheets um, but it's just in here. But I'll, I'll read it out for us. So let's, let's take a moment to pray. O Almighty God, who in thy wrath did send a plague upon thine own people in the wilderness for their obstinate rebellion against Moses and Aaron, and also in the time of King David, did slay with the plague of pestilence threescore and ten thousand, and yet remembering thy mercy, did save the rest. Have pity upon us miserable sinners, who now are visited with great sickness and mortality, that like as thou didst then accept of an atonement, and didst command the destroying angel to cease from punishing, so it may now please thee to withdraw from us this plague and grievous sickness, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.